0: Welcome to episode number 306 of Destination Linux. Destination Linux is a video podcast brought to you from the Tux Digital Network. If you're new to the show, Destination Linux is a podcast perfect for all experience levels. Whether you're brand new to open source or Guru of Sudo, this is the podcast for you. My name is Ryan. I'm
1: Michael.
2: And I'm Jill.
0: On this week's episode of Destination Linux, we're going to discuss our predictions like Oracle's, for 2020, is mm-hmm. 2023 already? Oh my yes. gosh, what has happened? We're gonna talk about our hopes and dreams as well for the coming year. It's very exciting because you can hold all of us accountable, but not for a whole year. You have to wait a whole year after our predictions go- <laughs> that's, that's why last
1: year we didn't do a prediction episode. So you don't we don't have to worry about it this time.
0: <laughs> yeah. This year we're back on the burners. You can fire us if we get them all wrong. You can't really fire us. What are you gonna do? Then we discuss <laughs> Xfce. Michael is finally going to admit probably one of his predictions that XFCE is better than KDE so wait for that segment it's gonna happen because (laughs) 4.18 is gonna rock your socks plus we have our tips tricks and software picks all of this coming up right now on Destination Linux This week's feedback comes from Greg, and if you want to send in your own feedback, go to tuxdigital.com slash contact to get in touch and send us an email, or you can join our forum and talk to everyone in the community right there. And we also have Discord, so if you want to hang out, game with the community, chat about Linux, go to tuxdigital.com Discord to sign up. Now, Greg goes on to challenge Michael, which makes me happy because if you remember last week, I got challenged, but they do it. <laughs> In a much nicer way than how I was challenged, but it's still, I saw a Michael challenge. I'm like, I'm throwing this in there. So Michael, the gauntlet's been thrown. The line in the sand has been drawn. Let me read this comment okay. and see if you can deal with what Greg is about to bring to you. On Probably. Destination Linux number 299, Michael's weak. Okay. He didn't say weak. Michael's <laughs> argument for Ubuntu <laughs> Pro made sense. Right up until it was revealed that Ubuntu Pro isn't really a public service announcement. It's, you ready, Michael? It's an upsell. Oh. I yes. don't want my operating system throwing advertisements in my face. The free five machine teaser is ridiculously insufficient. So okay. I think it's very interesting mm. that he mentioned that it's an upsell. Yeah. When I think about what Ubuntu was doing there, It wasn't just like a, hey, we've got this extra service to give you some extra patches and things. It is an opportunity for them, obviously, to make people aware of it and to upsell them on this product because not everybody's just a standard user. And I haven't seen this message in a long time, but either way... Michael, what are your thoughts on this? How are you going to deal with Greg's gauntlet that he's thrown down and smacked across your face?
1: I think this was a very fun and insightful comment, so I'm not really bothered by it at all. <laughs> uh, so this this upsell thing is correct. That is what they're doing. You're you're yeah. getting something for free, and then you can purchase to get more. And I don't have a problem with that ultimately. So if if someone has a, a free service and they make it where you can have uh, multiple instances and you pay a little bit for the uh, after a certain tier. I don't have a problem with that. That's a a valid mechanism or or method of revenue. And there's other ways to do it, like very similar. So as a marketing person, I'm not bothered by upselling, uh, but I will agree that the five machines is is insufficient because you can go to other companies like Red Hat that give you 16 and that's more than enough. Like we would run into the five machine issue, but I doubt we would ever hit the 16 issue. So that that is a much more uh, user-friendly amount than the five. So I will agree with that. But I'm also not bothered by the upsell. And I don't think it's that big of an ad because it's not in your face. It's a little piece of text when you're using a terminal. And most people are not really using the terminal all that much these days. I it's like don't half agree. and half. It's blinding Michael. It de- it's the the blinding.
0: advertisement in the clee is just like <laughs> I have to shield my eyes and then Yes, yeah, exactly. It's, it's painful. It's horrific. Yes.
2: It is quite long.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah. Now, Jill, you had a problem with this as I recall, mostly because it was in the terminal itself. Like yeah. terminal is a place where upselling shouldn't happen. So, you don't have an issue with Ubuntu providing a message during install or something else saying, hey, we have this. Your issue really was where they put this mm-hmm. advertisement or upsell or whatever we want to call it.
2: Yeah, the the place that's always uh, free from advertisements <laughs> is the terminal, and we'd like to keep it that way. <laughs>
0: I kind of agree with what Jill's saying there, you know, like having an upsell is not a problem for me either. I think that it's first of all, a good product that they have there. It's a product they're providing you for free. You're getting this operating system. Many, if not most of the people don't even contribute an ounce to it. So the fact that you can go in there and just uh, have to look at a simple upsell message somewhere is not really that Mm -hmm. bothersome. Now, if it was like, net zero or something where you've got a banner in the side of the corner telling you Amazon and go here. Yes, this this would be a big difference, but this is a product that relates to the product you're using. It provides some legitimate uh options for you for your system to get more updates and security patches and things like that. So it, it to me this isn't the issue, but I agree with Jill. Mm-hmm. They should never put it in the terminal. I haven't seen it in the terminal. I've been using Ubuntu since Michael went on his Ubuntu trip. And I actually have never seen the message um, since here. that first time we talked about yeah. it. And so I don't think it's something they're continuing to repeat. Um, but I also agree with both of you that five is completely inefficient. I have five computers sitting on my mm. desk. Jill Pride has five computers sitting uh, in a uh, corner of her desk. That and little
2: area. Yeah, yeah Like so
0: I believe it, it. it's really not enough machines, I think, uh, to make it a valid offering for most. but there you go. That's our take on it. So I guess Greg, next time write an angrier email so Michael gets more upset.
1: Aww. I mean, I mean that's probably not the best thing you should request people to do when we're sending us feedback.
0: Why? <laughs> well, I, I mean, don't I'm understand. just. I'm,
1: uh, well, we we want our our you know as much as possible to be fun and insightful, rather oh, okay. than you
0: yes, know. fun and insightful. My yeah. bad.
2: positivity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fine. So, but I, I do, I do think it's worth Aww. noting that I, I understand like the last time we talked about this, Jill said it was like the terminal is sacred, yeah, and I understand that perspective, but at the same time, it's not that invasive to me. It's only it only activates when you're doing a particular command for updating your system, and the ad is about updating your system automatically, so it's not. It's not even just relevant to the system. It's also relevant to what you're doing. So it's not that invasive. But I do understand it can be annoying to some anyway.
0: Well, somebody who uses Windows, it doesn't bother you. But us who use the terminal in Linux, it bothers you? What are you talking? You're literally... (laughs) So anyways... You you literally
1: (laughs) admitted last episode that you're the one that is doing the dual boot you know what i windows. do love
0: though is digital ocean Get oh nice transition digital there, buddy. Ocean by going to do.co slash tux 2022 you want to tell us more about that michael no you might as well keep going buddy well cloud computing could be let's say complex but standing up reliable affordable cloud infrastructure really doesn't have to be and we have to thanks to digital ocean that you could set up an awesome cloud pa- platform really quickly and easily at DigitalOcean, you can enjoy a comprehensive portfolio of compute, storage, database, and networking products to put your cloud infrastructure in capable hands so you and your teams can get back to do what matters most. You know what that is, Michael? Building world-changing apps. Uh-huh. Instead of arguing about who was doing what and what operating system, let's do some world-changing apps for once okay, by going to DigitalOcean. Yeah. Plus, at DigitalOcean, you get supported at every stage of growth. From teams of one to teams of 1,000. With DigitalOcean, you could grow their simple, powerful cloud computing. In fact, you can get started on DigitalOcean for free. Do you know that? Absolutely free. Oh, really? That's zero. Free is nothing. As in zero dollars right there. But we're going to step it up one better because... <laughs> They're I'm glad you, you explain you what Freeman. $100. 60-day <laughs> credit. I don't do this ad read, Michael. I'm doing my best. $60. That's,
1: that's why when you just started the transition, I'm like, no, you keep going, buddy. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> if you go to goco slash T-U-X 2022, so it says Tux 2022. Thank you to DigitalOcean for sponsoring this episode of Destination Linux. So this week, I'm very excited because we haven't we didn't do predictions last year. Maybe it was just yeah. too dreary of a year to do predictions. Mm-hmm. There, there I nothing, think that is
1: why we did it. Yeah, yeah
0: there's nothing yeah. good that was going to come uh, on predictions that year. But this year, we're bringing it back. 2023 is going to be amazing. Jill told me so. I'm going to hold her to it. We're going to talk about our dreams Absolutely. for open source. <laughs> now, the key part is that you, the community, have to keep us honest. At the end of the year... You gotta remember the predictions that each of us made and see who is the true open source oracle of the group here. Is it Michael, Jill, or Ryan? So (laughs) let's begin with our predictions here. Now, before anybody else gets a chance at this prediction, I'm stealing this right off the bat. Okay. This, This to me is an easy one that eventually, like a broken clock, will become true at some point. It's kind of like the equivalent to the year of the Linux desktop. Ubuntu is going to go public. They're going to do a public IPO. It's happening in 2023. It's going to be a bajillion dollar stock. It's going to be bigger than Tesla, uh, Apple, all of them. This is no, that's not part of my prediction. But my part of my prediction is that they're going to do <laughs> an IPO this year.
1: So if you say there's going to be like a, a thing that's going to happen, like at some point, eventually, are some you going to are you are, you are you predicting that <laughs> next year, if it doesn't happen, you're going to predict it again?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, at some point. <laughs> I gotta be right, right?
1: Okay. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. You, so in this, in a, in a way, you're also predicting your prediction. So at least half of your prediction will be right.
0: In that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Next year, I could it's kind of cheating. It's like part it, of the
0: show because it's like, well, we already know what Ryan's going with. It's the IPO thing.
1: Yeah. All right. Perfect. <laughs> I do. I think it's a, an interesting um, prediction. I do think that it's at some mm-hmm. point they are going to do it. It's almost inevitable. But you have like you know, um, is going to be a good thing? You compared it to Tesla and Apple and stuff. Will it be good for the company? Is that where are you saying it's just gonna happen and you don't know? Like I think that the real question that you should be asking is will canonical be better or worse for doing it?
0: You know, it's something that's actually been on my mind a lot because there there was a point when Ubuntu was kind of the pioneer of the desktop space, I would say. They, they were the innovators. They were kind of pushing everything on desktop. Yeah, for sure. Forward. Yeah. that I was scared about the IPO thing because I thought, well, they're going to push them all into the cloud and server stuff almost 100%. Any of the desktop stuff will go away. Well, Ubuntu did that without ever <laughs> doing an IPO. I mean, I, I feel I've said it on this show before and and people disagree, but I feel like Ubuntu's completely went away from the desktop, even though they disagree that they have. And because of that, it's like, what's the risk here at this point, besides the fact that I think they'll have some injection of money, some funds that they could do some really cool stuff with, potentially in partnerships there. I mean, this is a tough thing. Sometimes companies get this type of injection and have people sitting on the board that push companies in the complete wrong direction. And other times, this is the cash that they need to really innovate and compete. So it just depends on the people at the top, whether they can keep this the course clear for what they're wanting to get to when they do become an IPO and have a sudden injection of money? Can they actually be able to balance the feedback that's coming from the investors versus where what's the best for the community as well?
1: Yeah. I think that's a good point also because they, they they've had so much opportunity for people like requesting them to go public. There was been, mm-hmm. you know, in the back end, there's probably a lot of companies that want to invest and they've restrained themselves from doing it because it, they, they felt it wasn't the time for their company to do that. So I think that I'd be really comfortable if they did go public because it means that they are confident that their company would be able to take on those kinds of investors. And like you're talking about trying to like make things change and they'd be able to, you know, handle that sort of situation. Uh, and I also, as a person who's like super into stocks and a very uh, intelligent on this particular topic,
0: uh-huh.
1: But based, um, I'm, I'm just going to have to admit that I won't be able to tell you like how good it will be or, or whatever, because this will probably be a UK-based stock, and all my experiences with a U.S. stock. Oh, right. see. Oh,
0: so I can't.
2: He's okay. such yeah.
1: vast
0: experience at investing, <laughs> but only in the U.S. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, to me, this makes a lot of sense for Canonical because of their push in cloud and AI. I mean they want to yeah. do what IBM and Red Hat is doing. I mean that's that that's very clear. So Yeah. It makes I sense. Agree.
1: Yeah. And also I do think that they that it's good that they're bringing back the the desktop efforts that that you know recently for the past year or so. Yeah. They've and
2: they really they're focusing. putting a
1: lot more dedication into the gaming side of things as well, so yeah. I think that there's a lot of potential for it. So if it does happen, it'll probably be a good thing.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of an area that was really meant for Ubuntu, I mm-hmm. feel like, all up until they lost focus on the desktop, and that is your prediction, Jill, yeah. has something to do with a very popular device out there <laughs> yeah. that so, ended up being Arch, in case anyone was wondering.
2: Yes. <laughs> so, yes, the oh, Steam really? Deck uh, being sold in retail stores. I, I just see that that's a vision that, that Valve has I love for that. the future. And I think it's going to happen this year. Especially since they are actually working on the Steam machines again. And right. this time, you know, with the success of the Steam Deck, I think they will do that right as well. They, they're trying to get more hardware partners again, like Razer and Asus and HP and Dell, to work on uh, Steam machines. It's, it's been interesting following that news feed. So,
0: I, I, I could see this absolutely <laughs> happening. You're, you're talking mm-hmm. about an yeah. industry that has absolutely crashed. Uh, the computer sales are completely in the tank. These companies have nothing that consumers are wanting to buy right now, uh, mm-hmm. which will go into something we'll talk about later. Uh, but if you look at all the sales predictions and all of this stuff, like it's of what the, they were expected to sell this year. A lot of them are 30 to 50 percent lower than what they expected. So they have all of this inventory they can. not So they're looking for something. And I think the Steam Deck could be an interesting something for them, or Steam Machines, interesting something for them to get into to try to get that consumer's attention again. Because it's even happened to me as a hardware addict and somebody who always has the latest tech. I've gotten so fed up with machines and, and dealing with this video card issue and crisis. I do most of my gaming on a console now. And to me that says a lot and I think most people are there. So if you have something as attractive as a Steam Deck or a Steam Machine in which you've got a PC but mm-hmm. you also get this gaming console kind of built in without all the fuss of dealing with an operating system like Windows 11, eh, it might be something for Dell and others to look at for sure.
2: Yeah. yeah. No, really really good good point Ryan and and you know I was thinking also because we have the Steam Deck which is you know the is uh, supposed to be uh, console, but with you know PC integration, and I think Valve seriously is does want to make uh, you know set top boxes for the TV for Steam machines because kind of that's the, the, an area that they didn't do well in and they failed in. So
1: <laughs> I think this is an interesting prediction, also because the Steam Deck was such a huge success mm-hmm. that it is likely that they are going to be doing something along the lines of the Steam machine. And because the Steam Machine's first iteration was so bad that they learned their lesson and made the Steam Deck and were so and they they pivoted so hard so well that I think that there's a lot of potential that the next time they do Steam Machines, it'll be a success.
2: Yeah. Because they partnered with software companies and hardware. And that's what they needed, you know, to bring it all together. And you know also with regards to the steam machine because the steam deck uh, a lot of people are using it on their TVs <laughs> you know hooking up to their TVs for their entertainment boxes
1: sure so that'd be it, a good way of doing it, it. kind of like battling the yeah. nvidia shield or something that'd be cool yeah, yeah i like <laughs> yeah. that uh also i have uh, my first prediction is going to be relative to the steam decks the steam os that uh, Ryan mentioned, is Arch-based. We're going to get oh, to that really? in a second. Huh. Arch? That's- so my mm-hmm. my first prediction is going to have a little bit of a positive spin and kind of a negative spin, but let me explain it. So SteamOS 3 will finally be released to be mm-hmm. used outside of the Steam Deck. That is what I'm going to be saying for 2023. This will result in a lot of people trying out SteamOS as their daily driver and then be disappointed because they realized that it was oh. made for a specific device and not meant for general purpose You're daily driver. so
0: negative. You know
1: what? That's what my <laughs> I'm expectations I'm not celebrating have. the new year with you.
2: <laughs> Ryan called Michael a negative Nancy when he's really he is a, 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 negative, negative <laughs> a negative Michael. No, <laughs> no, no this I'm is, teasing. This is
1: just what I'm expecting because <laughs> it's arch-based. Because people are expecting it to be a, a pla- they're expecting this because the Steam Deck is Army. so good. No, send no, no, your no.
0: emails, send your because emails, the, at Michael.
1: Because the Steam Deck is so good, they're expecting that the operating system that is powering it will automatically make it their, their computer be as good, even though it was specifically made for like an appliance style. And I think that's why it's going to backfire because once they start using it and realize it was not made for a general purpose computer, then people are going to be disappointed by that. But I do think that the, the OS is fantastic, so if someone who wants to take it. And make their own console with it, then it'd be fantastic. But if they're trying to do it as a daily driver for anything, that is where it'd probably be have I a think little it'd bit of discipline. Work
0: great as a daily driver. Work fantastic as a daily
1: driver. As as long as the the software you want to use are exclusively for flat pack. pack, yes, then it's fine. <laughs> yeah. If you Which want anything most else, most things are. Most I mean, things not, are these. Days. Not yet. Someday. I have, I have an car. expectation for that one too, but anyway. Most
0: everything yeah. in my machine is a flat pack nowadays. Well, I have a more important prediction than Michael's. Way more important, way more oh, interesting. Okay, I predict AI and automation, Michael AI, mm-hmm. I'm not biased, but that'd be one to check out on the GitHub page there, uh, is going to start to take over more industries and more of our day-to-day lives. Shopping, food orders will all move to near zero staff, if not no staff at all, and more automation Completely. For instance, McDonald's is already trialing a fully automated McDonald's. That people are going through the drive-through. You place your order. The robots go make your food. <laughs> and the automation. They have a bag that opens up, and you know you grab your bag and you're off. And so I think a lot of these jobs, especially where they've had a really hard time getting people to work for very low pay and in horrible working conditions, it's a shocker will be replaced with automation and robotics and things like that. Also, if you think about Amazon, they've been trialing this for a while where they have stores that you just put items in your cart and walk out when you're done. There is no cashier. There is no checkout process. It's all handled through automation on your phone and what you're putting into your cart automatically scans and it checks out and charges your credit card when you leave. But I also think AI, is going to change the way we surf the web forever. I've been playing with ChatGPT, and the more that I utilize this tool, which is one of the more, most advanced AIs that the general population can get their hands on, the more I realize that it's way better than Google Search or any search engine for that matter. And in fact, a lot of the things that it's doing is a search, But it's a search with the ability to continue to add more and more and more details in. So for instance, I can ask it a question about something going on, like what's my favorite podcast? Naturally, it's going to come back with Destination Linux or what is the best Linux podcast out there? It's going to come back with Destination Linux. But then I can start asking additional questions in there. Who are the hosts? What are the hosts like? Things like that, that it starts building more and more. Why does Ryan use Windows and pretend he doesn't? And then it would tell you, Michael's the one who uses Windows, you're incorrect. So that's the amazing things that ChatGPT can do. And I started realizing, like, this AI isn't necessarily ready for what some people are predicting to take over all the programmers' jobs and all of that. But it's certainly ready to take over Google. And an interesting follow-up to that is that I read an article from internal Google staff that they had declared a red alert about chat GPT within the company, what they call Code Red, because of the danger this represents to Google's browsing market. So Google Uh also apparently, according to that article anyways, understands that this is something that could absolutely change the way we surf the web entirely.
1: So I think that's a very interesting prediction, and I think there's a lot of validity to what you're saying, but... I will have to point out that a lot of the times it gives you information, it is not correct. Some of it is, and it is it is surprisingly how, like it's, it's incredibly surprising how accurate it is. However, almost always there's something in there that it shows as if it's real, but it isn't. So there's been t- people who were doing testing for like camera reviews, saying that this has a feature that it doesn't have, or people, you know, cause it's just pulling information from articles and those articles can be wrong. So it's only going to have information that it is provided to the system through its searches, which is still very cool because, I mean, Google is, is doing the same thing.
0: I was going to say, how is that any right. different than a browser? Like, you go there, you're going to get articles, they're going to tell you stuff that's wrong. And yeah. The
1: problem is, is that people are looking at this just chat bot as the information it's giving you is 100% correct or whatever. And that's, that's the only thing I feel like that might be a backfire to it. But I do think that it is um, a, an interesting prediction and I do think that this is a very p- cool piece of software and I'm pretty sure IBM is behind making it yeah and Watson yeah. yeah so it's like it like powers Watson and stuff. So it is very interesting overall and I have a follow-up prediction for your AI Ooh, prediction okay. that Michael AI will be forked and superseded by Michael GPT.
2: Oh, ah, there we go. Oh, so this means it won't fit on a floppy disk anymore.
1: Oh, uh, I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> the
0: power of a uh, Michael GPT, it would exactly. be scary. My goodness, I think you just challenged the community to fork my Michael AI project <laughs>
2: yeah. and make a Michael
0: GPT and improve it. Uh, I think that's awesome. By the way, I did get. A code patch request for uh, your Michael AI just this week, Michael, is still actively in development from the community. So I know that's fantastic.
1: I am am glad that you will live forever. Project is still a thing. (laughs) Yes. For some reason.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have another prediction. I think more. Rest development in the Linux kernel and in Linux apps in general is definitely coming. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: I think yeah. I think Linus himself even said that it's probably gonna happen. You know what I
0: just realized, yeah. Michael? Jill's kinda taking the strategic approach of making sure everything she says already has some. Oh, it's going to happen. Yeah, so she can win her prediction like she are very
1: <laughs> likely she is she's trying to win the war, not the battle yeah. here. <laughs> yes. I see. I see. Yeah. Well and we're coming so. up with stuff that we don't really know, but we're we're, right. we're going off the uh, you know out of left <laughs> yeah. field here to
0: win of. the game. She's gonna win. <laughs> I like it. I yeah, I it. I definitely have seen the popularity of Rust, you know, grow yeah. not only in the fact of people talking about utilizing an Linux kernel and things like that, but just the amount of interest in people wanting to learn it. And I think that's really exciting. Uh, what was I looking? Oh, an IDE the other day I was looking at and someone said, check out this new IDE in development. I don't recall its name, but it was being developed fully in Rust and things. So there's just a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that mm-hmm. seems like uh, people were getting involved in there. So very safe, yeah. but good prediction there, yes. Jill. <laughs> I'm on to you.
1: <laughs> so my next prediction is actually not that safe. It kind of is a little bit because it has already got a lot of momentum but I'm making a prediction that in 2023 flat packs are going to become the universal format. It's going to be undeniable that flat packs are going to be used by most users and most developers to publish in 2023. Now mm. that's, that's the part that makes it a, a strong prediction is the fact that it's going to be the, the go-to choice. It's already kind of like the front runner anyway, but for universal
0: it, package formats, you mean yes because
1: mm-hmm. flat packs and snaps are really are, are neck and neck right now but i think that in 2023 flat pack will become the go-to like clear choice
0: okay so you think snaps are going to be second then in popularity i, I or, think where's it app image is app image going to come up out last minute out of the race they're going to do come mm-hmm. across the side Past snaps and app image becomes right the around the corner. Yes, yeah, like a NASCAR <laughs> yeah, yeah. race. I couldn't really describe it because I don't watch that stuff. But in my I mind, could, I was watching the NASCAR. It's really
1: snap, easy. Yeah. It's really easy to make a reference about making a NASCAR race. Is that they're making a left turn? Okay, and that's, they that's go, left uh. and yeah. go left and then go
0: left and then go left again and go left. Exactly. So so snaps will be a second. Is that part of your prediction? I think
1: snaps and app images are going to be. Um, still fighting for the second place i'm okay. not going to make a prediction of which one is going to be second place because then it would make if the flat pack <laughs> prediction is true you'll try to make it as a a, a a loophole of making me wrong anyway i like
0: how everyone's getting so. real strategic on this <laughs> yes. yeah i like
1: it yeah after, after jill started like sh- like showed her hand up of, our game yeah, yeah. i'm trying to protect my predictions <laughs> is what i'm doing
2: uh, i I think you're absolutely correct because we have distros like pop OS now that are using flat you know flat in their software center instead of snaps. yeah, and mm-hmm. a lot of the distros are moving to that so i I think you're right there but you <laughs> have far... Ubuntu
0: with the snap <laughs> yeah. store,
2: yeah, and they're true. really
0: pushing snaps. and Ubuntu obviously is still the most yeah. popular desktop Linux yep. desktop environment out there. Absolutely. so just from that alone, Snaps could be the winner here. Michael will be wrong, and I will gain a point.
2: <laughs> yeah, because no, Snaps are hugely popular in cloud and, and AI. So. I just don't
1: get a point. as a diff- You don't just <laughs> automatically get a point. Like, that's not oh, how you didn't the read competitions the rules. work. They're in really small writing at the end of the document.
2: Aww. Oh, But okay. the truth is, both of you, the truth is, is that App Images wins because it was the original and it was the first.
1: <laughs> the first doesn't always make it the best, though. That's the that's the thing. True. And I would put, I would actually personally put App Images at the low of the three yeah, because probably. it has no security mechanism. It has no ability to update unless you go manually download stuff. Like, th- yeah. It, if does they it were to fix by these, default, there, right? If they were there, to fix these problems, thir- <laughs> yeah. then it'd be fine. But until they fixed yeah. it. And
2: know. there are third party uh, software repositories for app images, but not an official one. So. Right. They don't have a <laughs> they don't
1: have a central location like the Flatpak yeah. does. So like the, the fact that there's these issues, I just think that
0: Flatpak's definitely a front runner there, but I do yeah. think it's cool you called out app images were first. So let's talk yeah. about our dreams mm-hmm. for twenty twenty three. So many dreams, Michael. So many yeah. dreams. So many dreams. So many <laughs> dreams. Uh it can be anything, no matter how outrageous and ridiculous. Uh these are the things we would like to snap into existence. See what I did there, Michael? The yes. snaps
2: and
1: snaps. that's the opposite Is- of what Thanos did.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well No, he didn't yeah. <laughs>
1: He made everyone disappear, not <laughs> yeah. snap into existence. He could make people appear with a snap too. He if could he have too. He could have. Could I suppose have. there was plenty so, of options that didn't have to go that way. Because you know, we, we should talk about the, the Thanos's decision. He he had other options. He could have made more resources instead of getting rid of people. You know, like, just think about it.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm sure the Marvel writers have thought about all the different angles. It was such a tightly woven story <laughs> that uh, I think you're wrong there. All right, so let's talk about my yeah, moving on. prediction.
1: He brought up Thanos, not me. 2022
0: was a a depressing year for me from a laptop standpoint, Mm -hmm. PC laptop specifically. Uh, Every laptop I would get had something that was just a major disappointment for me. And so I'm going to just read off here real quick. Hardware addicts, you need to be part of that podcast and listen to that because that's where I get into detail on a lot of the stuff Michael, me and Wendy do. But, you know, having front-firing speakers, a glass trackpad, a metal frame, a backlit keyboard, a high-quality 4K OLED screen, 16-plus-hour battery life. These things exist mm. out there by this company that's named after a fruit. Line, uh, Linux by default. That's not mm-hmm. the yep. company by the fruit, but I want that in a laptop. Uh, lots of ports. Privacy Also slider. not
1: from the fruit company.
0: The Privacy ports. slider built into <laughs> yeah. the webcam. Privacy switches. A great keyboard. Lightweight and thin. Those are the things, just the very basics that all the PC manufacturers, developers that listen to this show that you need to check, and then you could beat the fruit. You could beat the fruit if you're able to check those things. But every laptop I get, they put the speakers on the bottom, and they fire into your lap because who knows why. It's kind of hilarious that all the stuff
1: that these companies copy from the fruit company um, are the terrible decisions that the fruit company makes, Always. not the good ones?
0: Always, they're like, like you know what? <laughs> let's keep the speakers firing into the lab. Let's put a 1920 by 1080 uh, terrible color reproduction
1: screen in there. But and let's add a notch.
0: <laughs> let's, yeah, let's add a notch and solder in the hard drive and RAM like Apple. Like they, that's that's the stuff they take away. they are like, that's genius.
1: It's Aww. so smart.
0: So yeah, an actually good PC laptop that comes with Linux by default would be a yeah. dream. By the way, the price, which is the most important part of all of this, has to be that sub $1,100. That That's one okay. of the big kickers here because mm-hmm. there are PCs that you can get that are pretty close to a lot of this that are $2,600 or plus out there, $2,200. But that Fruit Company one is about 999 bucks starting out. So, you know, you need to be competitive out
1: there yeah. with that. That's something that we've been wanting for a very long time.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm glad you put that specification of the price. It has to yeah. get this, because people would automatically would say, oh, Razer has these sorts of things, but they're also $3,000. And mm-hmm. if we could True. get it a reasonable price, but I also think it's kind of hilarious that now we're at a stage where these laptops... Where the eleven hundred dollars or sub that is what the the goal the the endpoint is to be, while the phones are okay to be much more expensive.
0: It's true. You yeah,
1: know?
2: you're right, Michael. Actually, good less hardware, more money.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and yeah, speaking it's... of which, I'm thinking about getting a new mm-hmm. phone, which will probably cost that much money.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, for now, just stick to those uh, Lenovo ThinkPads.
1: <laughs> yes, those are very expensive. Yes, though. very yeah. expensive. especially the yeah, new ones, the, the like the developer mode or whatever.
2: They are, yeah. you know, like those.
1: Those are really nice, though. So if we, if we can get those under eleven hundred, then that'd be amazing.
2: Oh, we have the HP and PopOS two partnership, and yes, yes, yeah, true.
1: Nineteen twenty yeah.
0: by ten eighty screen.
2: Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, <laughs> otherwise that laptop was perfect.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah
2: yeah so one of my hopes and dreams is not only having the steam deck and steam machines in the stores but uh desktops and laptops available in retail stores with linux pre-installed yeah. I like it. I like <laughs> this would
0: have saved yeah, me Jill, when waiting. we went to scale and i was looking for a laptop and i could not get anything that worked with linux and there was nothing that came with linux i would love yeah. to have walked into a micro center or best bar, exactly. Walmart, and walked out with a machine that came pre-installed with Linux. That would have been dope.
2: Yes. Yeah. And we know they're capable of it. They did it back with the uh, Asus EPC.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've done it many times. Yeah. A lot of a lot of companies yeah. have done it. And yeah, I have. think this is this is not mm-hmm. this is a reasonable hope and dream. I think there's it's mm-hmm. possible, especially with like HP partnering yeah, with 26 partnership. And, and already yeah. wanting to do this sort of thing. And also Lenovo doing it. With having Fedora out, out of the box and and the framework having that as an option, I think there's a there are laptops that are becoming practical. See, even Jill's hopes and dreams are are, are likely to happen. Yeah. She's and very <laughs> smart. She's very smart, Michael. She's outwitted well, us. We we well, we just played this game terribly. Yes.
2: Well, you know, uh, even even uh, Lenovo and HP, you know, they they have you can order. Uh, laptops of linux pre-installed and all the hard most of the hardware vendors now have linux pre-installed why not just put a few in best buy and and call it for for the developers none of the other pcs are selling anyways so you might well
0: Exactly. (laughs) only body selling any pcs is apple so you you see all these other stations and there's nobody if you walked into a best buy it fascinates me i don't know if it's everybody's area this is just my experience (laughs) but when i walk in the whole Apple section, people are crowded around, and then there's this Windows 11 PC that has the Dell, HP, and Lenovo all broken yeah. out, and and then Chromebooks, and then that whole section's empty. The only people that cross into that section are people who cross to get to the Apple section. Yeah, it, <laughs> it fascinates me. Like nobody's what? over there looking at that stuff. I'm also yeah. wondering
1: why they're in Best Buy to go to Apple products when they could just go to the Apple Store. You know, yeah, well, there's not a that's- lot of
0: Apple stores around me, so. A,
1: well, okay, that's yeah. fair. Oh. All right, Michael, what's your next uh, hope and dream? So this is another example of me playing this game poorly because I chose to have a hope and dream that I don't expect to ever happen, and that is that media production software companies, as we do media production on Linux, will realize that Linux is an awesome platform and start supporting it properly, and I'm talking about like Adobe, for example, which has zero effort in it whatsoever, And I would really, my hope and dream is that to happen so I could use After Effects. Premiere Pro is not that great. A lot of people think that it's great. It's not. But After Effects is fantastic. So I would like Mm -hmm. to be able to use that in Linux. And also even like a side point of DaVinci Resolve because that's a great program and it does support Linux, but it's a specific configuration that it requires to support. So if you have the hardware necessary and you're using a distro that is supported then you're going to have a fantastic experience with DaVinci Resolve. If you do not have that situation, then it won't work at all. Well, AMD
0: GPUs specifically don't have really good support in DaVinci Resolve. Not no support, but not very good support at all. And that's true in Windows and Linux, by the way. Because uh, I see Windows people complaining about have AMD as well, and, and you go right. there, a lot of people into the forums and stuff will be like, "Hey, you need an NVIDIA GPU." Well, AMD's kind of taken the world by storm, which is something I predicted back before. Yes, you did. Ever- <laughs> <laughs> that was
1: correct. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and uh, you know, I think I, th- I think DaVinci Resolve is an incredible product. Like I've been playing with it more recently, and it just blows my yeah. It's mind. very good. I really hope. They bring better AMD support into Linux there and more people can get their hands on it and, and play with it. Cause what what an amazing uh-huh. piece of software there. Very cool yeah, stuff. Yeah.
1: DaVinci Resolve is a fantastic piece of software that I have used and when I when I don't have it, I kind of miss it. And yeah. but there's also tons of extra features. It's not just a video editor. It also has no. like competitor. It has a competitive factor of, of decompositing. But even to the, like After Effects features, it has oh, yeah. m- many of yeah. those. And it, yeah. it has like a yeah, uh, DaVinci Resolve and DaVinci and There's just tons of great stuff in there. Mm-hmm. So I want that as well. But the Adobe one would be nice because I do want After Effects. But so, so so Ryan, <laughs> what is your next hope and dr- and dream? And is it even remotely practical. (laughs) No, I wanted to go with something so
2: outrageously
0: silly and just out there that you also want it to play the game properly. It's ridiculous. (laughs) But it's a dream. It's a dream of mine. And I want to share it with you, the community out there. No the GNOME team decides to put its users first and bring back the app indicator tray. I know Mm. stupid ridiculous like that would ever happen because it's so useful and needed. But uh yeah that would be my biggest hope and dream for 2023 that's a good one
1: that's a good hope and dream that that gnome would do that Uh, here's one other
0: thing gnome you could integrate all the top extensions yes into the desktop (laughs) and then use the extension community as kind of your source material for what you're going to add into your desktop later because obviously if it's super popular extension then it's a feature that they really want in the desktop environment or enough people want in the desktop environment. And you could use it as a feeding ground for all your new ideas and innovations that go into the desktop. Once you add the app indicator, tray back, then you could do the rest of this. And that's Mm -hmm. my hope and dream for you. There's a lot of uh, projects
1: in software that already do that sort of thing where they have people make extensions and they make add-ons to, you know, basically find what's the best options and then pull those in. I mean, Android has been doing that for 10 years where they have all like, you know, the Cyanogen mod and then they pulled in their stuff. Then Lineage OS, they pulled in their stuff. You know, there's so many examples where that has been a successful route to bring in new features. And I have a prediction based on your hope and dream, Ryan. Oh,
0: okay. All right. None of that
1: happens. (laughs) That's not
0: fair. You got an extra prediction. (laughs) That is a hundred percent guaranteed to be true.
1: Like, <laughs> I think the app indicator is possible. I think it's even likely, but not this coming year.
0: No, I think they're dying on that hill. They're just like, you know what? This is the hill we've chosen to die on. Why? I'm gonna, I don't know. I'm gonna predict the one.
1: that there will be effort done on that particular piece, but it will be like they will be fighting it the entire time. Yeah. They're not gonna want to do it. But it's gonna happen. It's their own worst enemy over there. Right. But I also have a hope and dream related to that prediction that you know it's kind of like another pivot that KDE Plasma gets the recognition that it deserves of being the best desktop environment for everyone.
2: Oh, you missed that. That makes sense.
0: XFCE. That's so embarrassing, Michael. You want to go back and redo that since you're the editor, you could just (laughs)
1: redub it in. You're You're right. I could You're right. I could do that.
2: It's called Window Maker.
1: <laughs> window Maker. No, yeah. no, Jill, Jill it's, it's rat poison, of course, Jill. Yes, yeah, right.
2: it is rat poison all the yeah, way. Of <laughs> yeah,
1: of all course.
0: All right, Jill, what's your last dream and wish for 2023? It's going to be a good year if all this stuff comes true. It's going to be a yeah. darn good year. Yeah, awesome Fingers year crossed, year. Yes. people. all right.
2: So a good, universal, and fast... Software store for all distributions. Very important to have that in
1: there. I like it. <laughs> yes.
2: That. And, you know, this would obviously help unify software installation uh, across all Linux distributions and make it easier for all the floods of new users we're having come in from the likes of the Steam Deck to Linux, <laughs> no matter what distro they are using. It's, I love that, Jill, because
0: you know what's universally true about app stores? Mm-hmm. No matter what distro you're a supporter of. They're all broken. So if they would come together and work on one universal one, we might actually have a working software store, which I
1: I think it's a great, I mean that hope that hope and dream is a fantastic one. I will also, I I just wanted to point out that finally Jill made one that isn't going to happen for sure. (laughs) Probably this is a maybe, <laughs> probably not, but at least, at least she didn't. She she decided to play play the game a little bit looser yeah. this time. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I did.
0: She
1: wanted to give us a little bit of a
0: shot. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate sure.
1: that, Jill. Good sportsmanship there, Jill.
0: Well, I, I have one more uh, hope and dream for twenty twenty three, and that is that uh, people move to the best password manager out there on the planet. Perfect, and that, of oh. course, is Bitwarden. And this is really important because there's been a lot of data breaches in the news recently, like a lot. And they have to deal with password managers specifically, not Bitwarden, of course, that aren't using complete end-to-end encryption, uh, what we call (laughs) zero-knowledge (laughs) end-to-end encryption. Zero-knowledge end-to-end encryption, meaning nobody else has any access to your data or keys or anything like that. And the entirety of Bitwarden's vaults are zero-knowledge end-to-end encrypted. The entirety of it, keeping its users and their data safe. And I've got really good news, Michael, because this episode just happens to be brought to you by Bitwarden. That is no. crazy. It was a who prediction, would've, who would've and then it came that. true because they're the sponsor of the show. Yeah,
1: well done yeah. on that prediction there, Ryan. Yes. That's, Thank that's you amazing. so much.
0: <laughs> if you head to bitwarden.com slash T-U-X, that's slash Tux, you can get started for absolutely free. Bitwarden's a password manager and software that allows you to have peace of mind knowing your online accounts are truly, with zero knowledge encryption, safe and secure. Bitwarden provides you the tools to store all your passwords in a secured vault, auto-generate those passwords and usernames if a hacker gets your username they got half your credentials to get in so you can rotate those as well using Bitwarden to automatically fill those into forms, so you don't have to more convenient for you more safe for you you can access your data on all kinds of devices web browsers mobile apps desktop applications even the command line that michael clearly doesn't use because he doesn't see any advertisements there but if you're like me wow. and you use the command line then you can use Bitwarden there as well. So head to bitwarden.com tux to get started for free, but they also have a $10 premium account, which I support them. That's $10 per year, by the way. It's not another monthly thing and you gotta pay per month. It's just $10 per year. You support an amazing company that does so many amazing things, third-party audits, all of that cool stuff, plus a gigabyte encrypted file storage, two-step login with YubiKey, U2F Duo, Vault Health Reports, Bitwarden Authenticator, Priority Customer Support, all that for $10 per year amazing go to bitwarden.com slash tux and get started and thanks to bitwarden for sponsoring this episode of destination linux
1: xfce 4.18 has been released and because ryan had to do a prediction based on ai and using chat gpt we decided that we're going to have the chat gpt give the you know introduction of what xfce 4.18 is about so it says and i quote XFCE 4.18 includes a number of improvements and new features, such as support for high-resolution displays, improved support for GTK 3.24, and improved support for Wayland. Overall, XFCE 4.18 is a solid and reliable desktop environment that offers a good balance between functionality and performance.
0: Good job, bot. I couldn't Woo-hoo. have said it better myself. It understands XFCE perfectly. See? It's Skynet coming alive. It, is, right it is
1: impressive how well it, it did that. So I, I'll give yeah. it some credit there. <laughs> and,
0: and it was specific, specific to 4.18. Let's talk about some of those amazing improvements, Michael. Out of that list, yeah. what was one of your favorite improvements for the desktop environment you don't use? <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, I'm glad that they are adding high-resolution support because that's a very important thing for me. And also Wayland support is nice. There are uh, other DEs that ha- are working on it as well. I, that's the only thing I wish that the, the Wayland team could make it where they, they work on each DEs, you know, helping the other ones. But, you know, there is a little bit of delay depending on what DE you want to use. So, But I am really happy to see that more and more Wayland support is being added. Uh, and think, I think they made a lot of improvements to Thunar.
2: Thunar, and I'm really happy huge. about that. Yeah.
1: So there's a lot of stuff that people have been wanting Thunar to have as features. And they have basically released most, if not all of the features that people have been begging for. So that's awesome.
2: Yeah, uh, for me with Thunar, uh, my favorite thing has been a new bookmark menu in the sidebar. Woo-hoo, finally mm-hmm. XFCE. <laughs> yes. We have a bookmark menu. <laughs> also and the preview
1: for the images built into yeah, that the sidebar.
2: And you yep. can preview it, them big or small, and in two different sides of the of the file manager, which is really cool. Yeah. And um, the other, my other favorite feature is something that has been annoyance of mine for a long time that they fix. So you can now change the font style and size in the XFCE clock tablet. Oh, something nice. so small, but <laughs> I've been wanting that for it's years. It's very important, yeah. Because, well, for one, for me, what what would happen is the font is always too small, and I can't yep. read it. It's really awesome. <laughs> you
0: want to know something really interesting? When I was brand new into Linux, and I was kind of picking which desktop environment I really was going to stick with, and I love. And you all know, XFC was my first love. One of yeah. the one of the things that stood out to me about XFC that I really liked was the fact that I could right-click the clock to get to its settings. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: yes, That that sounds
0: like so simple and basic, but if you go into GNOME for instance right now and you right-click on the clock, it does nothing. Mm -hmm. You have to go into a separate settings and then find the time and then go in there and change it from 24 to 12 or whatever you want. Whereas in XFCE, I just right-clicked it on the panel, settings came up, I changed
1: said settings, now I'm done. This is how clocks should work, people. Yeah. See, we're learning so much about Ryan. he always yes. talks about how he leaves everything default and now we're realizing he Not changes the, the way the, the <laughs> clock pr- does shows the format. I mean come on that's come what on Ryan I'm
0: passionate about is that The clock.
2: Redent- <laughs> desktop for the win Ryan uh, Xfce is one of my faves too and actually yes. I'm on it I'm on it right now because I figured we were talking about four. Well, Jill,
0: so I love that you mentioned that because <laughs> earlier when we were recording before the show started, I delayed the show. From start, a lot. Like, I could not get certain things like with audio and stuff working correctly. And that's because, and I'm bringing this back for this year, 2023, I switched to the desktop environment 10 minutes before we were due to start the show. And that caused all of the delay there. We called this Thanks, extreme buddy. distro hopping. If you are a long-term listener of Destination Linux, (laughs) I'd like you to know that I brought it back for you all uh, to close out the year properly there. an Extreme desktop environment hopped. I am in XFCE 4.18 right now. And let me tell you something, Michael. It is beautiful.
1: I'm glad that you are appreciating the new version of XFCE 4.18. That's great. I'm also glad that you've decided to switch back to the your once beloved Xfce. That's great. I'm not super happy that it was 10 minutes before the show was supposed <laughs> yeah. to be recorded because uh, we're on a schedule here, Ryan. <laughs> but Ryan,
2: your technical producer is not very happy right now.
1: <laughs> so in the future, let's let you know at that was least a throwback, 15. Michael. Like I brought it back. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you know? could have said you could have said that you did that and not actually did that. <laughs> yeah, but. You know, I respect I that you, were, you, you. I respect that you went for the commit, the committed role of saying, "I'm going to do it," but I'm going to have to. If I'm going to say it, I'm going to do it for sure. Yep, that's yep. that's good, but again, not great for schedules. People send your
0: emails in, tell me how much you love me for messing <laughs> things up by <laughs> yeah. doing that. You send that to text Or how much you're disappointed community.
1: with him and his his inability <laughs> to do things in proper preparation. Lame.
0: You gotta <laughs> live on the edge, baby, just like an arch user. Jill, tell us about what's going on in the gaming world.
2: Oh, something awesome this season. So this year we've had, you know, some amazing gaming picks here on Destination Linux. And now you can pick some of those wonderful games up in the Steam Winter Cell. Woohoo! <laughs> so now is your time actually to rack up. On all the games you've been keeping in your cart or your wish list, I have several hundred in my wish list, <laughs> but hesitate to hit that buy button on. <laughs> yep.
0: I do that a lot. I add things to my yeah. cart, then like, nah, yeah. and then add it back, then, nah. <laughs> Yeah, it happens.
2: It started in uh, December 22nd. To January 5th, so you can put those gift cards to good use <laughs> that you got for Christmas. And I That's personally right. gave some Steam gift cards out like we had suggested a few weeks ago. <laughs> nice. So I gave some to my family and they're taking advantage of the Steam winter sale.
1: That's awesome. And when this show comes out, there will still be a few more days. If you watch, if you yes. download the episode mm-hmm. right when it releases, you have a few days. If you wait then you now know that you should never wait to download this this podcast. As yeah. soon as it is available, you should get it immediately. Yes. That now, if and if if you if you are one of those few people who wait to download, it, now put it as your New Year's resolution that you're going to be downloading this episode for every show that we release. I'll, also, every episode of every show on the network as soon mm-hmm. as they're available. I and like I it. think that you will enjoy the new the value that you get from that New Year's resolution. Yeah. Very
2: good very well said, Michael. <laughs>
1: not a shameless plug at all. It's <laughs> just...
2: So yeah, in the Steam Winter Sale, you can pick up some great games, not the least of which is Valheim, Total War, Warhammer, Civilization Six is ninety percent off. <laughs> That's, <crazy. laughs> That's pretty awesome. And Stellaris is seventy five percent off.
1: Also can... Stray is very Stray. cool.
2: Stray. It's one of my favorite It's
1: like you basically you play as a cat that roams it's a the streets.
2: Yeah, it's they're it's they're pretty
1: interesting, cat. but there's a lot of other there's a lot of other games to check out on this. There Steam. are. <laughs> we can't list them all because yeah. there's thousands of them.
2: There's thousands, so. thousands of them, and we all can't forget the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe Edition that is forty cool percent off. That's that is that's a, cool a game. game me, Michael, and Ryan just love yes. and reviewed.
1: <laughs> I've never played that game. I have no idea. Steam Winter Sales. I love oh, it. My wallet doesn't. You... Oh yeah, I agree. I, I mean the the Steam Winter Sale is is the is the best. And worst thing that Steam does.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Michael never played the Stanley parable.
0: Well, nah, you know, nah. this is also the person who never saw Lord of the Rings and how true. true geek uh, okay. and all that stuff. I don't I, that's <laughs> I talk about it. It really upsets me when I think yes. about it. Yeah. <laughs> I've also
1: never played uh Half This
0: Life. year I'm gonna pick better friends. All right, so <laughs>
1: That's your New Year's resolution? Yeah. I like so, it.
0: Software Spotlight. By the way, I always tell Michael that every time
1: I call him, that he should pick better friends when he answers. And so, throw it. <laughs> to throw it yeah, that's why I Yeah, that's why I stopped answering recently.
0: <laughs> it's, your <New> <laughs> it's your New Year's resolution, too?
1: Yeah, that's my New Year's resolution, yeah.
0: Nice. All right. So, our Software Spotlight is ChatGPT. I mean, it's kind of obvious, but I want to tell you something that a little mm-hmm. bit deeper here we're going to divulge some more information about this cool tool because we mentioned the ai and automation that you can use yourself now this is open and available to everybody you head to the website create your login and then you can start getting concerned along with everybody else how far along ai has come and the fact that your job will soon be replaced from a robot which is all exciting and fun thing to do super in
1: exciting yeah yes
0: Uh, One of the things, though, really fun to do in school, I was working with some Python code recently, and I was getting this error message that I couldn't overcome. I had tried several different options. It was giving me a very generic, unusual error message. And so I thought, I'll just throw this in chat GPT and say, hey, can you fix my code? And I threw it into chat GPT with, hey, can you fix my code? And guess what? It goes through, takes my code, fixes where I had my error, gives me the code back, tells me how I made the error and what mistakes I was making that caused it, which is again for the proof of why this is better than a browser okay, because in that's, a browser, that's amazing. I can actually go there right, and see that, post something on a forum and someone will say, hey, change this or whatnot, but I don't necessarily know what happened or what was wrong with it, whereas this tells me specifically what area my code was broken and how other ways I can do it. And then I told it to optimize my code. So it fixed my code exactly as it was, but then I told it to optimize it and it started to put procedures and things to make it even faster to execute quicker, but still perform the same function at the end of the day. And then I asked it, hey, can you add this additional functionality into the code? And it did that as well. It is fascinating to play with. So chat GPT, Absolutely amazing and fun to get in there and just see what this thing can do. Some of the stuff has locks on it. It you know they don't want you um, trying to create a negative AI like Skynet out there. And so it definitely does it yeah. do character assassination and other <laughs> things like other people try to do with AI bots. But um, so you'll see some limitations there. Those are purposeful limitations, which are good. I agree. Uh, but when it gets to uh, asking it questions about things going on or code and other stuff. It's just, you're going to, your mind's going to be blown. So yeah, check it out.
1: That's very um, awesome. And I also appreciate the fact that you can now ask this chat bot things instead of me, and I don't have to ha- answer the phone and call anymore. See? Perfect.
0: Yes. Yes.
2: Yeah. Right. Perfect. Speaking of which, we need to, we need to optimize with chat GPT, the Michael AI that you wrote. I'm going to do that know, right after that- the show,
0: but. <laughs> It may crash it because it's like, it may like you have my source code and then crash it. It's all. just too much. Shit, yeah, it yeah, can't handle it. Powerful. Too
1: it's much too power. much code. Too, it's like you you just can't, it, it, it can't handle the, the greatness no. that is the make Michael AI. That's true. Yeah. So earlier in the show, Ryan made a comment about how I'm not a terminal user. And I just wanted to bring up the fact <laughs> that this tip of the week this week is using the terminal people. So this do you want me to do it
0: since you don't know anything about the terminal? Do you want me to handle this?
2: No, we're not dying. No, I'm everyone. okay.
1: I'm okay. I can handle it. I, th- I think I can do it. I think I can do Sorry. it. All right, all right, good. So the terminal is a wonderful, underappreciated form of computing, thanks to all of the pretty buttons and clickableness of modern computing. And once mm-hmm. you begin to enjoy the wonders of the terminal, why would you ever want to leave it? Oh, Maybe yeah. you're thinking, what if I have to look up something on Wikipedia? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. you're in luck because our tip of the week is will help you do just that and have all the wiki resources without having to leave your terminal. You just install WIKIT, W-I-K-I-T, and search Wikipedia articles and get their results right from the comfort of your terminal. When you have that burning question about the origin of open source software or racking your brain to remember Linus Torvald's birthday, whatever the reason you want to use Wikipedia, you can have it all right there at your fingertips. Sure, you could also just alt tab into your browser that takes less than a second and use the shortcut control L to activate the address bar and go to Wikipedia just like that. But why would you do that when you have all the answers in your terminal? Thank you, I mean, Michael. obviously, the other browsers have access to other websites, not just this. But the, there's there's things that we're just saying the terminal's good. That's what we're saying. Yeah. I
2: love the terminal. Absolutely. By the way, I've I think it is this.
1: Linus Torvald's birthday
0: this week.
2: So. Uh, it's the 28th, December
0: 28th. 28th. yeah. So happy birthday.
2: <laughs> yes. Yay. Linus. Happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. Keep those penguins marching, Linus. <laughs>
0: And so for events, we have the Creative Freedom Summit. This is a free online event that's all about teaching and promoting open source creative tools. Topics range from learning the ropes, discussing the value of owning your workflow. You can join them talks through January 17th through the 19th of 2023, because it's almost the new year. It's going to be 20. 20- Everybody know it's almost the new year. It's going to be the new year is right around yeah. the corner, right around the corner. And if you want to meet the DL crew, who are we kidding? Of course you want to meet Jill. Maybe not Michael and me, but definitely Jill. Maybe not
1: Ryan, but both me and Jill, for sure. <laughs>
0: definitely not Michael, but Jill. Well, the 20th wow. annual wow. Southern California Linux Expo will be taking place on Woo-hoo. March 9th through the 12th at the Pasadena Convention Center in Pasadena, California. That's convenient. Come hang out and have the best time of your life.
2: Woohoo!
1: That's a big prediction That's there. That's convenient but at the Pasadena have... Convention Center in Pasadena.
0: It is yeah. really convenient of the... Well, sorry we couldn't be with you at the end of this year for this episode live, but we've got to go celebrate because it's New Year's mm-hmm. and we're going to do all kinds of crazy things and I'm going to go get ChatGPT, give it my predictions and see if Skynet can make all my predictions. He's going to give the
1: ChatGPT some champagne to celebrate the New Year's and see what happens.
0: Yeah, let's
1: see <laughs> give after us midnight.
2: some clean Michael AI.
1: <laughs> yes, let's we'll see what happens, if it crashes it. So a big
0: thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us by watching or listening to Destination Linux this whole year, however you've done it. We love your faces, and we're here nearly every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Live where you can see our faces. And most appealing is Jill's, but you can see the rest mm-hmm. of our faces, too at 1 p.m. Eastern on Sundays, go to tuxdigital.com slash live, and everyone is invited to watch the recording of Destination Linux each and every week, and we can't wait to see you in the chat. And if you want to chat after the show, you could just join our Discord.
1: Well, yeah, join the Discord server, tuxdigital.com slash Discord. And also usually we have our patrons with us, but this week we didn't do that because we were doing a pre-recorded episode. So unfortunately, that was not available, but however, if you become a patron, you can watch the unedited version of this show and you see the full fantastic outtakes of Ryan messing up repeatedly, which was fantastic. I, I I'm just good Never job. Never happens,
0: folks. It Never. was so
1: good. I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put in like some like specials, just you know highlights. Special effects, yeah. <laughs> special there? effects, just point out the highlights of like this is where Ryan messed up. Well, you could do that and with the
0: Adobe After Effects that you use uh, in your Windows machine. How
1: dare you? I don't use After Effects. That's what I'm saying. I want to use it. <laughs> Anyway, you can get unedited versions of the show. You can also hang out with us every, every week. Well, almost every week in the patron only post show, which happens right after the show when it's live. And you can join us in the 60,000 square foot virtual stadium and hang out every week by becoming a patron, going to tuxdigital.com slash contribute to sign up and you get a bunch of other perks. It's not just DL. You also get become a patron of the entire network and get tons of perks for all of the shows. And also you can go to TuxVigil.com slash store right now to pick up some awesome merch. We have uh, T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, stickers, coasters, all sorts of great stuff. You know, there's just tons of everything. Like Ryan is pointing out the Linux 91 hat. Jill is showing the Linux is Everywhere mug and the 33% More Jill shirt. So much great stuff. Go to TuxVigil.com slash store.
2: And make sure to check out all the amazing shows here on Digital. We have The Pseudo Show, This Week in Linux, The DOS Geek Channel, Linux Out Loud, Hardware Addicts, Gamesphere, and our virtual Linux user group, Linux Saloon. And make sure to check out all the amazing videos that Matt is doing for Gamesphere. Uh, He just did an unboxing of the Atari VCS. Which I just got in the mail too. Wow, of course (laughs) you did. Of course (laughs) you (laughs) did.
0: Of course you have an Atari VCS. We talked about that on the show, in fact. I remember talking about that coming out. Interesting.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so um, everyone head to textdigital.com and subscribe to all our many great shows. And don't forget to leave a rating on your favorite app, a thumbs up, so others can discover the power of open source and keep those penguins marching in the full Monty of Linux and open source off- awesome sauce.
0: Everybody have a great week. Have a great rest of the year. I love that. We won't see you till next year. (laughs) I think we're going to release it um, on first.
2: Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year. (laughs) And remember that the journey itself is just as important as the destination. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. 2023!
1: Wow.